Praise God, it's Sunday. You are welcome to Alive Church. I hope you're comfortable where you're at and ready to receive the word. And we are just going to jump straight in there. We are just jumping straight into 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. So grab your Bible really quickly and we are going to look at 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. One day, Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged, everybody say urged, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. I love this woman. The Shunammite woman is probably my most favorite woman in the Bible, really. There is so much we can learn from her. There's just so much material in this piece of scripture. There's just so much we can learn, so much, such wisdom, a wealth of wisdom in here that we can learn from. But today we're just going to look at one section of this account, okay? So we don't know her name. We never find out this woman's name. She's just referred to as the Shunammite woman. She lives in Shunem. We know that she's a wealthy woman. And because she's a wealthy woman, we can assume that she's a prominent woman in society. And we're going to learn further down that she lives with her husband. And one day, the prophet Elisha comes to this woman's area. And she urges, everybody say urges. She urges him to come to her home and eat some food. So he comes and he eats some food, and he obviously enjoyed the hospitality he received there. He obviously relaxed there and, and enjoyed his surroundings because the Bible tells us that every time he came to Shunem afterwards, he would eat at this woman's house. And we're like that, aren't we? You know, we go to a new place and we find somewhere nice to eat. We find a nice restaurant that we eat at. And, you know, we love the food. We love the ambience. We're able to go in and sit and relax. And, you know, it's, it becomes our favorite spot. So when we end up going back to that area again, we go back to that same restaurant. And that's what happened here. The Shunammite woman urged, everybody say urged. She urged Elijah to eat at her home. And Elijah realized, I'm welcome here. This is a place that I can come to every time I'm in town. So whenever he's in town, this woman's home becomes his pit stop. So let's continue, verse 9. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. I love this. She's sure of herself. She knows what she believes. She knows that this is the holy man of God. Verse 10, let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. So our friend, she says to her husband, this is a holy guy. This is a holy guy and he's coming to our home regularly. We need to make a definite space for him. We need to have a place that whenever he comes, he can just go in there. We need to build this guy a room. You see, this woman knew that Elisha was going to be coming by that way constantly. And she wanted to make sure that he felt welcome in her home. She wanted, him to, make, she wanted to make sure that he felt like part of the family. You know, he didn't need to call ahead. He didn't need to let her know that he was coming to her house next month. Whenever he came by, he could call in there and his room would be ready and waiting for him, ready to receive him. He was made to feel welcome at that home anytime. The Shunammite woman welcomed the man of God into her house. She made space for him in her home. Is God welcome in your home? Is there a place for the Holy Spirit to come and rest? Is there space for him to relax and be himself? 
Does he feel welcome in your home? Is he part of the family? Have you urged the Holy Spirit to come and stay in your home? Have you made room for him? In our first prayer meeting of this year, Enda prayed that there would be room for God in the homes of the families of a life church. That God wouldn't be something that they just did on Sundays. He prayed that the families and friends of a life church, including ourselves, would make room for God in our homes every day of the week. And as we were praying that night, this message began to stir. And I remembered the Shunammite woman. And I remembered how she had built that room, especially for the man of God. You know, a room that was his. A room where he could rest and do what he needed to do. A room intentionally built for him. A room intentionally kitted out with everything he might need. The Shunammite woman urged, everybody say urged, she urged Elisha to come to her home and then she made space for him to come and be himself and do what he needed to do. Have you urged the Holy Spirit to come to your home? Is there space in your home for him? Is there room for him? You see, nowadays we have so many rooms in our houses. You know, we have kitchens, we have sitting rooms, we have bathrooms, we have bedrooms. Some people have two-bedroom houses, some people have three bedrooms in their homes, some have four, some have more than four bedrooms. You know, a lot of people now have more than one bathroom in their home. You know, some people have spare rooms, some people have turned rooms into gyms. A lot of people have offices in their homes now. And some of us even have clutter rooms. Do you have a room like that in your home? A room where everything that's not really needed and not really wanted is just dumped. We've just tidied a room in our home recently that really, I have to say, was just a dump room. Its intention, the room's intention, was to be an office, but it really was just a room where everything got dumped. If something wasn't needed in the kitchen, put it in the office. Something extra in the sitting room, put it in the office. The girls would get tired of stuff in their bedrooms, just dump it in the office. And we've actually organized it now, and it's, it's, it's an office now, and it actually looks quite nice. But you know, we have to fight to keep it that way, because every now and again we look around, and stuff has begun to be just dumped in there again. And as I thought about this, I realized, you know, we have a room to eat in our house. We have a room to sleep in our houses. We have a room to bathe. A lot of us have rooms in our homes to dump unwanted stuff. We have room to hoard stuff that we don't need anymore or don't want anymore. But do we have room for God? Wow. You know, we've made areas in our homes. We eat in this room. We sleep in this room. We watch TV in this room. We've made space in our homes for every area of our lives, for every function of our lives. But have we made space for the Savior of our lives. You know, Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 is a very popular scripture, especially at Christmas time. And she brought for, forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Sometimes we get horrified when we read this passage. Imagine that. Imagine there was no room for Jesus. We look at it with disbelief. Jesus, the savior of the world, was born in a stable because there was no room for them in the inn. 
How is this possible? How is it possible that nobody had room for the birth of Jesus? Surely, surely there had to have been one room available that night in Bethlehem where Mary could have given birth. But there wasn't. Jesus was laid in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. There was no room for the birth of the Savior of the world. Have you ever let your imagination run to that night? You know, no room at the inn. You know, if you were there that night, would you have freed up a room in your home for the birth of the Savior of the world? Imagine, just imagine if somebody had done that. Imagine how their lives would have been so different. Imagine how much their lives would have changed. Things could have been so different for somebody who would have made room for the birth of the Savior of the world. Our lives could be so different. Our lives could be so much better if we just allow God room and space in our homes. If we would just allow God the room and the space he needs to do what he wants to do in our lives. You know, our lives are so busy. We all lead busy lives. And sometimes our lives can be so busy and so cluttered that we don't have room for God. At the moment, yes, we're in restrictive times. You know, there's not, there's not a whole lot we can do at the moment. But that's, that's going to change, amen? This season will pass. This too shall pass. And we'll go back to the lives again. We'll go back to our ordinary lives. We'll go back to the days when we can do what we want to do. And our lives will become busy again. Our lives will become cluttered again. You know, we end up, we have lives where we're running here and we're running there. We're doing this, we're doing that. We get up every morning with a list of things to do. You know, we need to work, we need to shop, we need to do the laundry, we need to cook, we need to eat. You know, we have schoolwork to do, homework to do. We need to spend time with friends. We have to go on Facebook, we have to go on Instagram, you know, TikTok. We have a list of things we need to do, but is God on the list? Or are we saying, no room at the inn? So often we fall into the trap of thinking, you know, we don't have time to spend with God. We don't think that we have time for the Holy Spirit to come and do what he wants to do in our homes. We don't have time for him to come and do what he wants to do in our lives. But I want to encourage you this morning that yes, we do have the time. We can make time. We can make that space. The Shunammite woman, she made the space. She purposely built a room for the man of God. She intentionally took the time to go and find a builder. She went and she sourced the materials that she needed. She thought about what the man of God might need, a bed to sleep in, a table, a chair where he could sit and eat, where he could relax, where he could pray, where he could just sit down and be himself, a lamp to light up the room when it got dark at night. She thought about what he might need, and she went to some place like Ikea and bought it all. You know, she could have continued to allow Elisha to muck in with them. Whenever he was in town, he could have just eaten with them. He could have slept on their couch. But she didn't, because she saw the importance of making space. She saw the importance of making intentional space for Elisha. You know, she could have booked him into the local Holiday Inn or maybe the Shunem Park Hotel, but she didn't. She made space for him in her home. 
You see, the Shunammite woman knew God was doing something and she wanted to be part of it. She wanted to play her part in what God was doing in that area at that time. We can't make, move, we can't make God move, folks, but we can make room for him to move. But I go to church every Sunday. Praise God, that's great. The Bible tells us that we should not forsake the gathering together. So we should be in church every Sunday. And praise God for the time we'll get to be back in physically together. We should be there every Sunday. But what about the rest of the week? Are you allowing God to move in your life? Are you making the space that he needs? Are you giving him the room he needs to move in your life? You see, God wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your family's life, but he needs to have the space. We have the excuses. I'll put my hand up. I've had all these excuses. I'm so busy. This is just a mega busy season for me at the moment. I, you know, I'll make room for the Holy Spirit later. You know, the kids are so young and so demanding. I'll make room later. You know, I have teenagers now, so busy. They have to be brought here, they have to be brought there. I'll make time later. Work is just hectic at the moment. You know, I'm just so tired. We'll, you know, we'll make time later. I've just come out of a relationship. I, I'm feeling a bit fragile at the moment. I'll make time later. My life is very full. I haven't got space at the moment. When what we're actually basically saying there is no room at the inn. I challenge you this year. I challenge you to look at your time. Look at your diary. Look at your space. Are you just saying no room at the inn? We have to prioritize. We have to make intentional space. The Shunammite woman built a room on the roof. She built a room on the roof. <laughs> she obviously had no other space, but she put the room on the roof. You see, we can do it if we want to do it. God gave us 24 hours in a day because God knew that that was all we needed. So we can do it. You have more time than you need. You have more space than you think. You know, when we were building our house all those years ago, we built a bungalow. Reason we built a bungalow, very simple. It was cheap, it was easier, it was faster. We had already sold our house in time. I wanted to be in my new house ASAP. Andy used to visit the house regularly, you know, after work to check on the progress. And when he'd come home, I'd be on to him, you know, what did the guys do today? You know, what progress was made today? Are we another day closer to getting into the house? And I remember one day he came home and he said, Angela, there's so much space in the attic of the house. It's such a shame to waste it. We should do something with it. I'm rolling my eyes. This is going to stop Angela's plans. This guy wants to do something in the attic. <laughs> I'm like, Enda, it's just an attic. You know, there's not enough space up there. We don't have time for this. I want this house built. You see, I had plans. Emma was painting her room pink. Rebecca was painting it blue. Emma had her purple princess net to go over her new bed in her new room. Rebecca needed space for the boxes and boxes and boxes of Lego that she had. 
The kitchen was designed and ordered. The suite of furniture was chosen. You know, we had things in storage that needed to find their place in this new house. And now here was Enda. He was going to complicate matters. He was going to delay proceedings by wanting to put rooms in the attic. He gave me the logic. It would be so much cheaper to do it now. If we don't do it now, we'll never do it, he said. We'll be sorry. You know, if we don't convert it now, we won't do it in the future because, you know, it'll be too much work, it'll be too expensive. He brought me up the ladder. He brought me up the ladder to see all the space that would be unused and wasted. I couldn't see the space. I couldn't see the potential. All I saw was the attic. But if I'm being honest, I didn't want to see it. You see, I had my plans. In my mind, my new house was full already. In my mind, every room I needed was already planned for in the house. There was no room and no time for any more rooms. Talk about no room at the inn, it was no room in the attic for Angela. And then one of the guys that was working on the house, he had built a house like ours some years before, and he had actually done in his attic what Enda wanted to do in our attic. So he brought us over to his house to have a look. And I remember walking up the stairs and thinking, this, we don't have time for this. But I walked up the stairs, and when I walked up the stairs and into the room, I was sold. He had done exactly what Enda wanted to do in our attic. He had it all kitted out. It was painted and decorated. He had a couch up there. He had, it was carp, there was carpet on the floor. He had it all laid out, and it was a really, really cool room. And I realized then, I saw then, wow, there is space there. You see, when I took time, when I stopped and took time to see the space that was there, I saw the space. I saw the potential. I allowed myself to see it. And we did it. We made the necessary arrangements. We put rooms in the attic. And, you know, over the years, we perfected it up there. And you know what? It didn't take any more time. It did cost a little bit more, but it was so worth it in the end. Because we now in her home have this beautiful space upstairs, private, away from the rest of the house. We can go up there and chill out if we want to. You know, we've had guest ministers through here that have stayed up there. And they've had the advantage of staying in a home, but still had the privacy of their own room upstairs. You know, and it helps to take the financial burden off the church as well. It's such a blessing, that attic space. You see, the space was there, but I didn't think we had it. I didn't want it, you see. I couldn't see it, but it was there. And I say all that to say, you too have space. You too have time. You just have to make it a priority. You can make room for the Holy Spirit. You just have to look for it. You just have to want it. You just have to be intentional. You have the space. Urge the Holy Spirit to come and he will come. Make room for him in your home. Make room for him to come and do what he needs to do. And when you make the space, when you make the room, he will come. We're reading about the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings at the minute. But if you jump back a book to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, we meet a widow there. And it's, it's in Zarephath, and Elisha has come to Zarephath because there's a drought. And he comes and he meets this widow at the town gate. And he asks her to bring him a drink of water and a piece of bread so that he can eat. 
But the widow explains to Elijah that she doesn't have any bread. You know, she explains to him that the, actually the fact that she's there at the town gate at that moment in time is she's collecting sticks in order to go home and make a last meal for herself and her son with a handful of flour that she has left and a little olive oil. That's all she has left. She's planning to go home, make a last meal, and then herself and her son are going to die. She had her plan. She had looked at what she had, the handful of flour, the small piece of oil left in the jug, and she was setting it out. This is what she was going to do. She had worked it out step by step. Use what she had, then die. But let's look what happens here in verse 13. Elisha said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Verse 15, she went away and did as Elisha had told her. So there was food every day for Elisha and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You see, she told Elijah, I only have a handful of flour. I only have a little olive oil left. That's all I have, enough for a last meal for myself and my son. She didn't have the space, no room at the inn. But you see, Elisha explained to her, Elisha explained to her, the Lord says that if you make me a small loaf first, then your flour will not run out. Your olive oil will not run out. There will be enough for you and your son continually. And the widow did that. She did that. She went and she made the bread for Elisha. And guess what? The flour didn't run out and the oil didn't run dry. Why? She had made room for God. With what little she had, she had made room for God. She moved over and allowed God the space that he needed to move. We need to allow God the space, amen? This woman was about to eat her last meal her son was about to eat his last meal, but God stepped in to the space that she had made. He stepped into the space. He stepped into the room that she had provided for him. And when he did that, there was provision from there on for her and her son. She made space for God and God moved. God has so much he wants to do with us. He has so much he wants to do through us. We just have to allow him. We need to give him the space he needs. You see, as I said, we can't make God move, but we can make room for him to move. He wants to be part of your everyday life. He wants to wake up with you in the morning. He wants to go to your workplace with you. He wants to be part of your school day, your college day. He wants to help you with your finances. He wants to keep you well. He wants to protect you and lead you and guide you. He wants you to make room for him. Will you allow him to have a place in your home? Our homes are precious and so they should be. Because our homes, that's where we rest. That's where we can be ourselves. 
You know, we decorate our homes the way that we like to decorate our homes. And, you know, we hang pictures and photographs and keepsakes up all around the place to remind us of the people we love and the things that we enjoy. What's that saying? Every man's home is his castle. And that's how it should be, amen? Your home should be your castle. There's even a definition for that. People enjoy the position of rulers in their own homes and others have no right to enter without the householder's permission. We need to be careful who and what we allow into our homes. We need to be careful as Christians who and what we allow to spend time in our homes. We need to keep out negativity. You know, it's great to help people and we should, but we should always be careful that those people are not just using us and using our time just to unload all their negativity onto our couches. Don't allow the enemy a foothold in your home. Do not allow the enemy across the threshold of your home. Fight to keep him out. Just like we have to fight at home to keep the clutter out of the office, we need to fight to keep the enemy outside of our homes. Give him no place in your precious home. Do not allow him a seat at your kitchen table. Do not give him a place in your bedroom. Do not allow him to relax and put his feet up on the coffee table. Instead, make intentional space for the Holy Spirit. The one who led the Israelites in the wilderness, he wants to lead you and guide you in the right direction. Allow him into your hallway. Jehovah Jireh, the great provider who fed thousands of people in the wilderness with five loaves of bread and two fish, allow him space at your table. The one who gives his beloved sweet sleep, allow him to have a pillow next to yours. Make room in the armchair for the God of rest and relaxation. Allow the God who delights in you to have a room in your home. Psalms 18 verse 19, he brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. God delights in you. Despite all your failings, despite all your faults, God delights in you. Just as you are, God delights in you. You are his precious child. He delights in you. You are his precious son. You are his precious daughter. He delights in you. God delights in us and he only wants what's good for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us the desires of our hearts. The Shunammite woman, she made intentional room for the man of God and her life was changed forever. Look what happened. Verse 10. Let's make a, let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he called her, she stood before him. I want you to take note of this. She stood before him. Verse 13. And he said to him, Now, say to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So the woman had built a room for the man of God. And he came and he rested there regularly. And Elisha appreciated this. 
And he wanted to bless the Shunammite woman. And he wondered, you know, what can I do for her? How can I bless her for what she has done for me? So he speaks to his servants and he says to the servant, call the Shunammite woman in. So he calls her in and he asks her, what can I do for you? You know, is there something, would you like me to speak to the king or the commander of the army on your behalf? Basically, he was asking her, you know, is there something, some favor you might need from your local counselor? Can I speak to him on your behalf? But she said, no, I'm good. I'm good. There's nothing I need. I'm comfortable here amongst my own people. You see, she's a wealthy woman. She's a woman of prominence in the area. So if she needs anything, she can go and get it herself. She has the means to do that. And she has the connections for favors if she needs them. But Elijah wants to bless her. You know, she's made an intentional room in her home for him, and he wants to bless her. So he says to his servant, what can we do for her? Verse 14, and he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son, and her husband is old. Whoa, so there is something she doesn't have a son, and it's looking like she won't have a son either because her husband is old. Look what happens. Verse 15. He said, call her. And when he, call her, when he called her, she stood in the doorway. She stood in the door, doorway. Remember? Remember we saw in verse 12, she stood before him? She told him she stood before him, and she said, no, there's nothing she needed, nothing I need. She stood before him, but this time, look, this time, she stands in the doorway. When he calls her, she stands in the doorway this time. She comes and she stands in the doorway. She's standing in the doorway. She's about to enter a whole new phase in her life. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. She's not just standing before him now. She's standing in the doorway She's standing in the doorway of her heart's desire. She's standing in the doorway. She's standing at the entrance of a whole new season of her life. The door is open now to her heart's desire. You see, there may be nothing that she wants, but there is something that she needs. There may be nothing that she needs, if I say it right, but there is something that she wants. Verse 16 and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, don't lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elijah had said to her. You see, God sees the innermost desires of our hearts. She was wealthy and prominent. She had everything she needed but there was something that she wanted that she didn't have, a child. And it looks like, we can see through the scripture, it looks like it was something she desperately wanted. She desperately wanted a child because she says, oh man of God, don't lie to your servant. You see, she'd probably been down that road of trying for a child and it didn't happen. And she had become content where she was. She had shelved the heart's desire now. She had put it on the shelf and she's thinking, please don't do this to my heart again. I can't take this again. Don't lie to me. I'm resigned to the fact now that I don't have a child. But nothing is impossible with God. He perfects all that concerns us. 
the Shunammite woman is his child. She's his precious daughter and he delights in her and he wants her to have her heart's desire. She opened the door of her home. She made space for God to move. She allowed God to move and that is exactly what he did. The following year she gave birth to a son. Her heart's desire complete. Guys, God loves you. He delights in you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your home. Allow him in. Make space for him. You see, when God is center, every area of your life will be blessed. The Shunammite woman urged Elijah to come and eat. Remember, she urged him. That means she pressed him to come. She pressed him to come because she wanted him to come. She wanted him there. The message version says it like this. One day Elisha passed through Shunem. A leading lady of the town talked him into stopping for a meal. The Amplified says it this way. There was a prominent and influential woman and she persuaded him to eat a meal. You see, she urged him, she pressed him, she persuaded him, she talked him into coming because she really wanted him to come to her home and she was blessed for it. Even though her future was secure, we go on, there's so much more happens with this lady, but we just don't have time today. And in chapter eight, we see where Elisha comes and advises her to leave Shunem because there's about to be a famine in the land. And she leaves, and when she comes back seven years later, she finds that she's no longer in possession of her home or her land. But it turns out, long story short, that she goes before the king and she finds favor with the king because of what she has done for Elisha. Everything ends up being restored to her. You see, she made room. God moved in her life. He gave her the desires of her heart, and he secured her future. She made room. We can't make God move, but we can make room for him to move. Are you willing to make room for God today? As we settle into 2021, you know, January is done now. It's out of the way. You know, 2021 really begins now, I believe. You know, their New Year's resolutions, they're gone out the window at this stage. Now we can intentionally think of 2021. And as we settle into it, are you intentionally and deliberately willing to make room for God this year? Are you willing to make room for God this year? Will you urge him? Will you press him? Will you insist that he comes to your home? Will you open the door of your home? Will you open the door of your heart? You see, it's ironic. Just as his earthly parents knocked on the innkeeper's door, Jesus is still knocking on doors of homes today. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. God is always ready and willing to come into a space that you are ready and willing to give him. God is always ready and willing to come into a space that you are ready and willing to give him. See, God delights in blessing your home. He delights in blessing your heart. God is familiar with rooms. Amen. He loves rooms. He has many rooms. John 14 and verse 1. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. 
If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so that you can come and live where I live. You see, God has prepared a room for you. He's made space for you to spend eternity with him. But in the meantime, while we're here on earth, he would love to be allowed to inhabit a room in your life, a room in your heart, and be allowed to bless you abundantly and give you your heart's desire.